The following is a sermon from Pastor David Salinas of Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Jesus is coming soon. Every wind, every wave, every crumbling rock, every bent and burnt piece of steel is all one more contraction and a sign. Judgment Day is coming. And so for you and me, the people of God, New Testament believers who by very definition are end-time believers, there is always a two-part message that we must live by, always a two-part message. The first is be ready. Be ready and dressed in faith, in that, that glorious righteousness of Jesus that will enable you to stand mid-flaming worlds. The second is carpe diem. Seize the day, because there may not be another day after today where we can look outside of ourselves to love and serve the people that God has placed before us. Be ready. Be active. That is your call, that is mine. And so today, my dear brother, my dear people, I am just so happy to begin this new series of our sermons titled Parables. Looking at, at perhaps the, the most, maybe the most premier parable of Jesus, the one that, that a lot of people find interesting, look to, this parable of the sheep and the goats. And, and I can tell you this, I can assure you of this, that our Lord Jesus will not come to us today unexpectedly, but, but very expectantly to get us ready to get us active. And I think how timely it is, especially as we prepare to kick off our full fall schedule and just seeing so many people here, my goodness, my heart is jumping for joy. So I want you to listen very uh, carefully to this parable of the sheep and the goats that I like to call the tale of a judge, a king, and a neighbor. Open your worship folders to page 12. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by My Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And the righteous will answer him, But Lord, well, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and, and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. 
And he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Well, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away, sadly, to eternal punishment. But the righteous... So a decade before the terrorist attack that horrified our nation, another terrible thing happened here in New York City, and, and many of you might, might remember that. The Watkins family visiting from Provo in Utah were here, and they were visiting, making plans to go see the U.S. Open. And while they were standing on the platform in Manhattan for the E-train going to Flushing Meadows, a band of, of four youths, they, they needed money to, to pay for the cover charge to enter a club in Manhattan. Attacked this family, a, a father, a mother, and their two barely grown boys, one 26, one 22. As they were assaulting this family for the money, the mom was down on the ground and one of the Marauders was kicking her in the face, and, and her youngest son, Brian, went to her rescue. And that's when another one turned and stabbed him in the chest, and he died. And Judge Edwin Torres handed down the, the firmest judgment that could be rendered at the time. It was life without parole for, for all four. And in his, in his statement where he issued his sentence, he, he, he expressed this sorrow and this disgust for a society in which in which a family can, can be assaulted by, by these marauders and ruthlessly have one of their children killed like he was like an insect, and then, and then they would go and party until 4 in the morning at a local club. And, 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 and the judge said, for, for a mother to hold her dying son in her arms, murder before her very eyes, is a visitation that even the devil himself would hesitate to conjure up. That cannot go unpunished. That cannot go unpunished. Many in our day like to picture God as this kind of kindly, senile old grandpa that goes, ah, shucks, at, at the misbehaviors that he sees, at the evil all around. And, and Jesus, he's pictured as, as nothing more than a soft-eyed, tender shepherd, and he is that, he is that. But boy, if this parable of the sheep and the goats tells a tale of one thing, it tells the tale of this. The Savior is a judge. This soft, tender-eyed shepherd is also a fierce, fiery-eyed judge who will come back on the last day to judge the living and the dead and believe you me, his judgment is perfect 
and it is final. With absolute precision, he knows who are his, and he says, you sheep, to my right, come with me to heaven. You goats, to my left, I'm sorry, but depart from me into the eternal fire, never prepared for you. I never made hell for you, but for the devil and his angels. As I think about this tale of the judge, my own heart pounds a little bit with a little bit of fear and trepidation. Because I look at this evidence that Jesus cites on the last day, not to arrive at a verdict, right? That the verdict of feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and, and visiting those in prison, all, all of that, that is not evidence that is going to come to arrive at a verdict, but it is evidence that shows why the verdict that he reads on Judgment Day is perfect and true. A sheep showing himself to be a sheep, a goat showing himself to a goat. When I, when I look at that evidence that Jesus cites, all my own heart is crushed. Because I realize what a goat, what a sheep is. A sheep is is somebody who, who fears and loves and trusts in the Lord enough to just look outside of him or herself and see the very needs that are around him or her and, and spontaneously, almost instinctively act to meet those needs when they present themselves. Yeah, To do it not, not, not for the praise of people, but to praise the Father in heaven for the gift of a good shepherd and every other gift that he's given. Right? Yeah? And a goat, on the other hand, is somebody who does not fear and love and trust in God enough to look outside and just to think about more than just plain old me. So, true story. The man standing before you is walking home one day after work, down on, and I take 65th Avenue, and I'm, I'm just crossing Woodside, and I'm going down, and there is one of our local homeless people, and he's been there for a while. I, I see him kind of regularly as I ride my bike or walk up into the church, big old gruff guy. And I'm sitting here texting my wife, because, you know, dinner's on the stove, and I'm, and I'm looking at her, and I'm, and I'm past this man, and, and, wow, like a thief in the night. He says, excuse me, sir, can I borrow your phone? I need to make a phone call to a friend. So what do you think I did instinctively? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I said, I'm sorry, sir, but I got to get home to my family. Dinner's on the stove. And, and he looks at me, and he says, okay, thanks, then." Half a block later, I'm thinking to myself, what a goat. goat. And we've all left those opportunities for love and service on the table in our own way, right? I mean, let's admit that. And yet right here, as we think about this tale of the judge, we can praise our Heavenly Father. We can praise our dear shepherd, being the judge that he is, because this is part of his way of keeping us ready for his last day. I mean, my heart was broken, and when we think about the ways in which we have not loved others as Jesus has called us to love him, how can our hearts not break, and how can we not throw ourselves on the mercy of his court and say, Lord Jesus, you know that I am your sheep. I believe in you, I love you, I follow you, but please forgive me, because you know at times how much I can act like a goat. Please do not judge me according to my own righteousness, my own goodness, my own love, but judge me according to yours that was in my place. And this, of course, is where the judge comes to us all, and, and he says, you don't have to ever be afraid of my judgment, because I am your good shepherd, and I lay down my life for you. And, and, and no one can condemn my sheep, not even you, not even you can condemn my sheep, because I have declared you innocent in me, and no one can snatch you out of my hand, ever.
I think about this, and then this parable just, just changes for me because now I see this parable, this tale of a king, a mighty king who saves his people, who delivers. Raise your hand if you've seen A Knight's Tale, the movie A Knight's Tale. This is kind of... Some of our, some, kind of a generation now again. I mean, I mean, even our own, our younger pastor here has yet to, yeah, head and shame. I've never seen a nice tale. Heath Ledger, of course. All right, here we go. Ready? Oh, yeah, now you know that. Here we go. Nice tale. Real quick synopsis. A peasant wants to be this, this great knight and, and win these tournaments, these jousting tournaments. Unfortunately, in his day in England, because he is a peasant, he doesn't qualify to participate in the tournament. He has to be a noble. Well, it just so happens that his his noble landlord, he dies, and, and then he passes himself off as this noble in order to compete in these jousting tournaments. And, and his, one of his friends you know, always introduces him as, as the one and the only you know, von Lichtenstein you know, coming to serve this, this noble. In one of these tournaments, he defeats a man but has mercy on him. And then another man, the enemy of this man named William, sees his mercy as weakness, and so he vows to defeat him in the World Championship in London. Well, William goes to London, but it, it so happens that, that the enemy, this man named Count Adhemar, discovers the secret, that, that William is nothing more than a peasant, and so he tells the authorities. And so here is this scene where William has got his head and his hands in the stocks, and he's being subjected to public ridicule, and people are chucking cabbages at him, when suddenly another man in the crowd, takes off his hood and stands before the crowd and says, no, I have it by my own historians because this man whom William had spared earlier in a tournament happens to be the son of the King of England. And he says, I have it by my own historians that this man is of an ancient royal lineage. And by my word that is beyond contestation, I say, set him free. And William comes out and he tells him to take the knee. And then the prince draws the sword and taps his shoulder and says, I dub you now Sir William. So here it is. The son of a king redeems a peasant. And by his powerful word that is beyond contestation, turns a peasant into a prince, and then sets him free to live out his destiny. What a tale. Sound familiar? That's the tale that we have before us here, only far greater, isn't it? This tale of, of this beautiful king who comes and to delivers his people because he doesn't just redeem a peasant from public ridicule and having cabbages thrown at him. He redeems all of us poor sinners from the very judgment of God and from being hurled into hell. He doesn't, he doesn't just redeem us by, by, by stepping out of the shadows and drawing his sword and dubbing us sir and madam so-and-so and giving us this knightly status. He redeems us by stepping away from his glory and stepping into the utter darkness of hell in our place on the cross and then drawing the sword of the spirit that is the mighty word of God. And by that very sword, he, he, he gives us a whole new birth into a royal lineage as the very children and people of God. And, and he doesn't redeem us because we showed him kindness first, but precisely because on our own we could show him no act of kindness. 
but purely by his undeserved, unsought favor. Come you, not who did this or that, come you who are blessed from eternity by my Father in me and take your inheritance. He redeems us to, to live out our destiny, not simply by setting us free and then letting us to go on our own, but by ruling over wind and wave and everything else in between to ensure that we make it to heaven. One of the most beautiful things to note about in this parable and every last, every parable of the judgment is that at the end, on the last day, there actually is a flock of people that Christ can take to himself in heaven. There is, because he is king. People of God, let that fill your hearts with faith in your Savior Jesus. Let that move you to be active in service and to love the people around you and to propel us one last time to encourage us into this, this readiness and this service. This parable switches one last time and turns into the parable, the tale of a neighbor. You've heard the story of how Ruth received a letter from Jesus one day, her mailbox, and she opens the letter and says, Dear Ruth, I'm coming by on Saturday for a visit. Can't wait to see you. Love, Jesus. So Ruth is frantic. Oh, my goodness. Jesus is coming for a visit, and she has nothing in her cupboards, and, and she's at the end of her paycheck. And so she goes to the store and picks up some sliced meat and, and, and a loaf of bread and is coming back, hurrying home to see Jesus. But on the way home, she runs into this couple that is shivering in an alleyway. And so she gives the food and then even takes off her coat and gives it to the woman who is there. And she's happy about it, but then she's like, oh my goodness, Christ is coming and I'd have nothing for him. And then she looks, as she's opening the door, at a note that's there that says, Dear Ruth, thank you for the visit. I love the food that you provided, and thank you for the lovely coat too. Love, Jesus. Here's this tale of a neighbor in need. Take the time right now to look at the people next to you, please. At the children that are here. Think about your family. And think especially about those people that can never pay you back. Behind every pair of eyes that you see staring back at you is your Savior. And in His grace, He says, Will you serve me? May this tale of the judge and the king and the neighbor fill our hearts with faith in Christ. And may our hearts bustle with love and activity to serve our judge, our king, and our neighbor, who is our prophet, priest, 